Welcome everyone, welcome to oh, Review Yourself. Lassa is back. It feels like it's been ages. So welcome back, Lassa. It has been ages indeed. I mean, I'm I'm a regular now by this point, but yeah, it has been a while since the last time. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we, we did quite a few quite quickly, didn't we? And then, you know, you sometimes you just got to pull back from a relationship, let it breathe a little. Don't don't overcrowd each other, you know, give each other space and time to do their own thing. Yes. Uh, podcast, relationship, podcast relationship, people, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, I've been busy with um, moving to another town and uh, picking up another job. And uh, so it's, it's it's been a few weeks or months or whatever. So, yes. But now I'm settled as, as, oh, as far as I can. Well, they say moving is like one of the most stressful things you can do, don't they? And I, I can, I can't imagine a new job on top of that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and also I just I stress over this kind of stuff way too much. And the, the moving itself, you know, it went pretty well. Oh, so, good. yeah. <laughs> oh, good. No, that's good. Um, but anyway, so so Lassa suggested this film to me. He threw a couple out there. I asked him to do. What did I ask you to do? And you were like, I, I can't watch that. Oh, what was it I asked you to do? It wasn't Volcano, was it? No, I, I, it was some sort of slasher thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, Lassa was like, I don't want to watch that. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then I said, right, what do you want What do you want to watch? Uh, because, you know, as people know, Lassa, he tends to suggest films, and I think, oh, God, I really, I really don't want to watch this. And then I watch <laughs> it, and I'm like, oh, that bastard's right again. It's a good film. <laughs> so... <laughs> Happened again. Spoilers. Uh, we're reviewing the 2014 uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, Hercules film. Now, I've got to be honest, wasn't out holding out much hope for this. I thought, oh, it's going to be just a CGI fest. It's going to be just a mess. Even though I, I really enjoy the Scorpion King, right? I, I know it's not great, but I, I love it a bit. So I thought, you know, stick in there, see what it's like. And oh, God, I really enjoyed it, like right from the off. So it's quite a positive one, this. So I'm. I'm yeah, good suggestion, Lasser. I uh, pleasantly surprised. Don't know why I haven't like, sorted out. I suppose. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I had a feeling. Yeah, I I didn't watch this when it came out, but I heard good things. This was also the year 2014 where we had two Hercules movies. This one, and a little bit before that, it was basically like the the asylum version of this one, which was uh, Rennie Harlan's The Legend of Hercules, starring Caitlin Lutz and. Uh, some some other people and it, that one is is pretty terrible. <laughs> Hang on, as in like Deep Blue Sea, Rennie Harlan. Um, yeah, and also Die Hard Two and Cutthroat oh, Island. Yeah. Oh my god, what happened to him? <laughs> Sorry, I know. Ren. Sorry, Rennie, but you know, I know he he has done some good movies in the past and also some bad ones. Yeah, well, I suppose. Well, I suppose they can all be gems, can they? Yeah, um, but but this film, I mean, it starts off. We, we meet, um, well, we find out about Hera, this goddess, wife of Hercules, uh, uh, wife of Hercules, who was unhappy that Hercules had sired an offspring with a mortal, if you will, and tries to get him, tries to like get him killed. And we get a bit of ropey CGI that I was thinking, oh, God, no, of these snakes coming out of like a, a, a marble um, statue's eyes. And I thought, oh, God, no, this is going to be bad. And then, but then I laughed a minute later because the, the little kid who was about three walks up to like his mum with these two dead snakes in each fist. Like, Hercules was like his father. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with this because this, this goes with like, it's very much like those 
films that we got in the early 2000s, like The Mummy, The Scorpion King, um, that they kind of tried to revive a little bit later, didn't they? I mean, we got, because there was like a big rush, wasn't there, with films like this, like Troy and stuff like that in the early 2000s, you know, mm-hmm. Kingdom of Hearts, all that kind of thing. And then they kind of died down a little bit. And then we got to like the late 2000s, like 2009, and then we started to get kind of like, oh, we got that one with Christian Bale, what was it called? Which I quite liked in cinemas, uh, like Gods of Egypt or something. No, but uh, was, um, but was oh, that was Jared Butler, wasn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. Jared Butler. What's the oh, what's the one with uh, oh, the Christian Bale one? It was called something, it was something god, anyway. So we got, oh, yeah, gods like, and, uh, Exodus, Gods and Generals, the Moses. That's story. it, yeah. I knew it had like a really stupid title, um, even though I did enjoy it in cinemas. So yeah, we got kind of a revival of that kind of thing. So but this it does do the kind of stereotypical thing where it has like a voiceover and you know you start getting into it um and you hear uh Hercules cousin uh, we find sorry nephew later on t- talking about um talking about basically um, the legend of Hercules and all these all these uh mythical creatures that he's killed and it's a really good opening it's a really strong opening of like yeah you, this is going to be an entertaining film but also like it doesn't shy away from using like old-fashioned it sounds a bit daft but stick with me like it doesn't dumb it down and change any names for you it like you've got to work out as you go along who the characters are what who the gods are because like even myself i like history but i know i know very very little about this like the romans i've at least got a shot at but like greeks and macedonia and all, all i kind of have i'm a clue really so i think it kind of unwinds that quite quickly but uh yeah, and we talk about Hercules' 12 labours. Uh, but I also put, I would have genuinely liked to have seen more of this because it kind of, but I do get maybe it was a budgetary thing about, you know, they couldn't really, these big CGI creatures, which is fair enough. Maybe that was part of the reason why they had like a montage of it, which which fits in with the storytelling aspect of it because you don't know whether it's real or not. So what do you think? Because, I, I mean, that's how I felt anyway. I understand why they didn't have loads of it, but... I wanted more of it, if that made sense. The, the thing is that um, this movie is, when you watch like the early trailers, they are wildly misleading because the trailers pretty much show all of that like two-minute montage from the beginning. And so you, when when you go into it, you have a feeling, oh, and this is what I'm about to see. And then the, when it's just the first two minutes and they spend the rest of the movie basically kind of like deconstructing the whole Hercules mythos and I think that was actually pretty clever like in, in a in a kind of like cunning way because that's that's what this whole movie is about it's, it's kind of like you know what what if, what if and I mean this is based on a, a graphic novel I haven't read and I don't know how closely it follows that one but um, I, I was I was thinking about I think with uh, the, the, the people behind us kind of like what if we take this mythical figure that everybody at least partly knows and deconstructed in a way what if you know hercules maybe was just kind of like the strong guy but he had like a group of people helping him out and the all these creatures he fought were based in reality basically so you you show him fighting the hydra and then it turns out oh it was just a group of bandits with snake masks and uh, there's like there are these allusions to cerberus like the the free-headed dog who guards the greek underworld and then it turns out oh it's yeah, and then it turns out, oh, it's just, you know, three big wolves. And uh, him being drugged kind of made up this whole fantasy of, oh, this is this 
was like this free-headed monster dog. And I really like this approach. And I think and I think the movie does does a good job um, establishing all of that. And even in the end credits, you have this montage of all of the tasks we saw at the beginning, but showing that oh he had help from uh, from his friends there. So I, I think I think that is that is actually pretty pretty nice. And when you go into this movie like expecting, yeah, him doing the twelve tasks, that's not it. it it's just this basic kind of like D and D style plot of Hercules and his group of mercenaries going into an adventure, and kind of uh, on their way, kind of becoming the the legends they were pretending to be in a way. Yeah. That's a good, a good summing up, to be honest with you, because, I mean, that's also what I liked, because we've had loads of these films. I mean, as as you were talking, my brain was like, oh, yeah, there's Sam Worthington, the only other films, apart from Avatar, he's ever done. Uh, the Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans, which I haven't seen. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got... So this is kind of, in a way, struggling to stand out. It's probably why I haven't watched it, because for me, I think Dwayne Johnson's done a few of these films. He's done this. He did San Andreas, which somebody asked me to review. I don't know if it was you or somebody else. But I, I need to watch that. But it's these kind of films that, you know, he's done quite a lot of them where you think, oh, I kind of know what they're going to be. But actually this, to be fair to it, like this, is, like, don't get me wrong, anyone listening, this isn't going to change your life, this film, right? It's, it's not. Mm. You're not going to watch it and be like, oh, my God, you're not going to be shedding a tear at the end. Um, you know, but you will but you will come away from it. And actually, you know, that, considering how these are usually done, that had a genuine story behind it, a genuine like mystery about, you know, as, as he killed his family and what's going on with that. And because it doesn't like usually these films kind of give you everything. They go, these are the villains. These are the good guys. Because for me, I was like, because, you know, we'll get to it. Well, will we? But we will. <laughs> you get to, you know, it gets to about an hour and five, five minutes. Um, and this film's like a sprightly hour and 38 minutes, something like that. And it, it, the pacing's really good. But anyway, we'll get to that later. But um you get to about an hour and five, hour and ten minutes, and like you think, oh, the main villain's been vanquished, and you're like, oh, okay, well, what's going to fill up the next half an hour? And then you realise that like things aren't quite as the same, and you know, yeah, okay, it's not like the biggest plot twist in the world, but I didn't see it coming, and I kind of really enjoyed that, to be honest. I mean, how about you? Did you? Last had probably worked it out, but were you expecting <laughs> that plot twist? No, I really didn't, but I, I think that's also because I. I don't see John Hurt playing the heavy that often. You know? When yeah. when like John Hurt basically being like the main villain. I think the last time I, I saw him play like the main villain was like V for Vendetta and even then he was like this the screaming face on the big screen. Oh yeah. So yeah it, it's not it's not that usual of a like if they had like I don't know someone like Jason Isaacs or whatever like in in in, in that kind of role you yeah. would you would think oh yeah bad guy. Or even like Someone like Ray Fiennes, who finally Joseph Fiennes is in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, but you know, it's it's uh, in in that regard, it was good casting, and it, also you would think that um, you know because Rufus Sewell is one of the um, guys in the mercenary group. I thought he was going to be a bad guy because he 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 sometimes plays that those are duplicitous characters, doesn't he? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's to a point where you kind of like, it looks like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave you guys. Screw you guys, I'm going home. But then, you know, he comes back and helps them. Oh, so. you know he's coming back, don't you? But you don't care. It's glorious anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that stuff is kind of fun. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's interesting kind of twist. I, I have to admit, like, after the like second battle they have, the, the movie gets a little bit 
I don't know, like like more stale in a way, because then it's just kind of about like, oh, we've been betrayed, oh no, and now we have to defeat him, and oh, we have been captured. At, at least it's brief. It doesn't take that long, but it, it's it's missing like that final big punch in a way. Like, I don't know, like I, I, I found the, the first two thirds of a, of a movie I found much more entertaining than the finale. Yeah. So I quite like the finale, but I, I do agree that it kind of felt inevitable that the king would die and then he would they would all just like kneel before him type thing but i was quite happy with it i, I mean you know but since you brought it up since you brought up some of the cast i mean what a cast this has got as well i mean this is something that you don't usually see in these kind of films like a really strong cast of like really good like character actors so you got you yes know, i mean given that it's headed by dwayne johnson i mean no offense to to him but he plays dwayne johnson i'm yet to see him in a film and please anybody and Lasser, if anyone's got any suggestions for a film where he really shows his acting chops, let me know. And I know I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furiouses, and I'm not bothered, but I'm yet to kind of, I don't know if he's ever had that film where people go, oh my God, have you seen him in this? Like, I know Robin Williams is a comedian, and it's, Dwayne Johnson isn't a comedian, but he was a wrestler. I All would I'm, say, I, sorry, yeah, go on. Uh, just the year before this, 2013, and watch Snitch. Um, that is a pretty grounded, dramatic performance uh, by him and, and different to what he usually plays. Okay, cool. Well, maybe maybe we should check that one out then because um, that's what I mean. Uh, uh, that's a f- part of the reason I like doing podcasts is people will say, like yourself, will say, I'll watch Hercules and I go, I really don't want to watch that. Uh, but then, you know, because I, I quite like these, you know, swords and sandals epics every now and again. Um, but no, I will definitely give that, that one a watch. But, you know, maybe that is his... One hour photo, if you will, is what I was going to go with. Uh, but yeah, the the cast you've got: Ruthless Sewell uh, uh, as uh, Articulus, the Rogue. I can't do the pronunciations. Uh, Ian McShane as Amphisaurus. Amphisaurus. I can't do it. The kind of the soothsayer, the seer. Rebecca Ferguson as Eugenia, the Princess of Thrace. You also have. Oh, I mean, and I've not I've not seen her in much. Um, you get Arena Shaikh as Megara, the late wife of Hercules, who is breathtakingly beautiful, to be fair, and just fits this time period perfectly. Yes, yes. She, she you know, fits, I mean, like Rebecca Ferguson is beautiful as well, uh, but I just mean like she, she just has that look, doesn't she, of this time? Yeah, she she fits she fits this uh, time period and this this whole vibe really well. Um, what what I didn't when I first watched it, what I didn't notice is that um, the the um, the, the, the actress who plays like the, the Amazonian Atalanta, um, she's a Norwegian actress, uh, Ingrid Bolsoberdal, and I hadn't realized that I had seen her before. She's in Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. She plays one of the witches there, Bec- ah. but because she's caked in makeup, you you can't really make her out. And also, how she looks like, and and she she doesn't usually look like that in in the other movies I've seen her in. But in this one, it looks like they went back in time, like to like the the, the early nineties. And just uh, kidnap Nicole Kidman and put her in this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I had I hadn't thought of that myself. Uh, we also get uh, speaking of uh, d- different countries, we get a Norwegian actor, Axel Henny uh, Heaney. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Um, and I, I I've seen him in a few things, and I really I, re- I thought oh yeah this is this is pretty good. Um, he's he's been in quite a few things in his uh, in his native country. He was in Twenty Four as well, briefly. I think one episode. Oh, okay. Uh, he's in the Martian. He's in the Martian. Oh, Dr. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I know. I've literally just noticed that now. That oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I knew I knew about something. Um, 
Uh, he's also in Sisu, the finished film, which I've yet to watch. That, that looks uh, that looks to turn your brain off and enjoy it type film. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's some. I mean, you know, the rest of the cast we get the late great John Hurt. Um, we also get a character, an actor that I don't think is massively well known outside the UK. Um, the Scottish actor Peter Mullan. Mm-hmm. He's the one who played General uh, Sitocles, the, the leader of the Army. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's been. He, a, sorry, yeah, go on. He's been in a lot of fantasy stuff lately. He um, has. Yeah. He was in it's, like the Netflix show Cursed. He is in Rings of Power as like the dwarf and king. Um, so he's 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 done a lot of stuff lately. He uh, he uh, he did a film um, that you you want to watch. It was actually directed by Paddy Constantine uh, from Dead Men's Shoes, uh, and it's called Tyrannosaur. It's not about it's not about it's not about uh, dinosaurs. That's just what it's called. And it's got Peter Milan, Olivia Coleman, um, mm. and it, it, he basically plays kind of an alcoholic. Uh, it's a 2011 British drama film. Now, if you ever get a chance to watch that, well, we could do that at some point. That's that's a hell of a film. That. Very, very different to what we've done before. But, I mean, Peter Milan has, has done some absolutely fantastic, uh, kind of what we call kitchen sink type films, you know, where they are very small scale. But, of course, on the other hand, these being other films like Braveheart, Children of Men, Train Spotting, the last two Harry Potter films, uh, of course, uh, War Horse, Steam Spills, what. So, he's, you know, he's, oh, he's got yeah. that interesting mix of, um, you know, really down to earth projects and then really like big scale ones but always brings oh always brings you know gravitas to what he does he's he's, uh, he's very entertaining anyway but when i saw him i was oh no way um i mentioned john hurt didn't I? uh of course uh joseph finds as king aristus aristius i'm not sure um but yeah i mean and again like it was interesting to see the, the like myth the, the the like the truth of the myths and legends so they kind of say oh he He's from. Uh, I've actually written it down. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it. Where's my notes? So we get Atilocus of Sparta. That's Rufus Sewell. Tyrius of Thebes. Uh, he's a played by the Norwegian actor who. And I liked his backstory. Like you know, you get told how he was found as like the last survivor of Thebes, and he doesn't speak because of what he saw. And he relives it every night uh, to the point where they have to chain him to his bed, type thing. Uh, Atalanta of Scythia. She's an Amazonian warrior. Of uh, Ingrid uh, Bernal, um, Iolosus of Athens, and Amphiaris of Argus. See what I mean? I'm sorry for the pronunciations. Um, <laughs> you did your um, best. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. But if all, what I like about this film as well, don't get, you know, is that usually with these films, you kind of get, kind of, you don't get to, you don't get much of a feel of the of, of like the characters. And maybe it's because they went for with like high end actors with this maybe they kind of get away with it more. But for me, I felt like I got a, a feel of each individual character. Like it didn't feel like they'd gone. I want a woman. I want a man. I want a this. And I want they, they kind of went, they literally, they seemed to go with like, right, well, we'll need someone for this role. And I don't know. I think it's very well cast. And I think that comes across in the fact that, you know, it builds these characters up and you can see they've got this, this relationship as, uh, with each other as this like little tight knit family. And, that, you know, there's even scenes that, that I wasn't expecting where they say, what, you think we're going to fight with you because we owe you? That's not why we're here. Um, and things like that. And Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, and I think Rufus Sewell, for me, stood out because he has some really good lines. Like, why do I have a feeling we're not going to get paid? He's like, yeah, we're not. And he's like, oh, yeah. Shit. Today's lesson, um, how to not stab yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I mean, you get, yeah, the good old, um, the good old uh, training montage. 
but no, yeah, I really all, all of them. Uh, all of them have like some 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 type of uh, uh, humorous moment. Actually, like there's like the the um, the Reese Ritchie uh, character, like the nephew of uh, Hercules. Like he's oh, he's yeah. basically the comic relief, but he's not the only guy who is funny. Like like uh, all the other uh, people have like some sort of uh, humor, especially Ian McShane as well. Like he has some oh, yeah. really nice lines. What do I know? I'm meant to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that stuff, and also like when I because when I watched this movie. Because I'm I'm a LARPer myself, and um, you're a what yourself? A, a LARPer, live action role player. Oh, sorry, right, okay, right. And uh, so um, I I I watched this movie, and I was kind of reminded of this. Is kind of feels like like a, a LARPer's movie in a way, where it's like this. And also, uh, what it feels like is they, because this group of mercenaries is basically your standard D and D party, because you have like the the, the warrior leader, in a way, you know, you have uh, um, you, you have a berserk character, you have like kind of like the, the cunning rogue, in a way. You have uh, the humorous storyteller. You have like the the Amazonian um, uh, archer, and you have the the druid, basically, in McShane. So when when you see it like that, this actually feels like a standard D and D adventure. Have you ever seen the film Role Models, two thousand eight? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that. You'll probably enjoy that. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely does have that kind of that setup about it, but it also feels like they've, you know, uh, from the I haven't read the um, the book, uh, <clears throat> sorry, the graphic novel either, but I think the uh, the author of that died just before the film was released, and he wanted his name taken off it um, because oh. they, they changed a little, a few little bits and that kind of thing, and he he kind of wasn't best pleased with it. Um, so obviously, we can't give you that aspect of it because I don't, we've not read it. Yeah, but I think you do see those like literary um, background of it because it feels very much like you know it's setting things up. If someone had told me this was adapted from a book, I'd have gone, yeah, that makes sense um, because it, it kind of has that feel about it, um, you know. And anyway, so and about the funny moments, you also get um, Rufus Sewell again when he they say, oh, we're gonna we'll give you, you uh, Rebecca Ferguson turns up. Um, I mean, she's killed every film I see her, and she kills it as a genie, the princess of Thais, uh, King Cortis's daughter, um, who played by, who's played by John Hurt. Um, and she turns up and she's like, Oh, this guy is running around, he's killing everybody. He's like, There's only Rhesus, he commands centaurs, there's, there's only us left. Uh, and there's and they're like, Oh, we'll give you your weight in gold. And they're like, And yeah, obviously, you see the others look at and think, Hercules weight in gold. Dwayne Johnson's waiting goal. And then you get Rufus Hill just pushes the ball over. He's like, eat up. As if it's eat up. <laughs> a few more, a few more coins. Um, and, uh, and then obviously we get the and he agrees to it. And we get the scene afterwards where they're all like debating it. And um, oh, what's her name? Um uh, Atalanta says something like, What does she say? There's nothing more convincing than a pair of breasts, or something <laughs> like that. And then you get uh, Artalukis who says I can't pronounce his name. How do you pronounce his name? Rufus Sewell's character. Uh, Artolicus, I think. Artolicus, that's it. Artolicus says, um, he's like, uh, yeah, but gold doesn't get old or something like that. And I was like, what's, what's the expression <laughs> this? So there is like some the, the dialogue's pretty decent. So and it's quite funny and it, it you know it, it keeps you 
it keeps you invested, I think. How do, how do you find the script in this, uh, Lasse? Yeah, they, they have a good dynamic together. And I wish there were like more scenes where we kind of like interacted in, in like unique situations. Um, here it's it's kind of like, you know, them, them talking about their backstory, their relationship uh, with one another and all of that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I wish this this movie would have had more interactions. But all uh, all around, like, the script is... You know, the script is sufficient. It's competent. It's it's not like it it's it's not dumbing down anything in a way. It it very much like takes you from point A to point B. Has some good jokes uh, within. And also, what's funny is um, because one of the screenplay writers, Ryan Condal, he later on uh, create co-created uh, the House of a Dragon show. So ah yeah, I've been rewatching that. Yeah, and uh, it, I, I watched that uh, very, very recently. Just and so, um, it's 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 very it's very interesting how, uh, you know, how this uh, how this has evolved. Because uh, there are also some relations to to a film Troy. Because I think I'm pretty convinced that they reused some costumes from Troy uh, in this because they, they look so similar. And also, um, the, the the writer of Troy um, uh, later on created Game of Thrones. So there are some similarities. <laughs> wow, really? I was not mind you. I suppose he's adapting a much better source material. Well, no, I tell a lie. That sorry, I was going to say much better source material, but the Iliad's the source material. That's um, I don't mean that. I just mean like it got he stepped up in the world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we wonder kind of. There's this mystery around Hercules' kids, isn't there, about uh, his wife? Because like at the start, he seems to be just this mercenary. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's going around. He's just all for money. And then, you know, there's this myth around him and you think, yeah, that'd be good to get extra jobs and stuff and get people behind you. But then it flashes back to three years earlier, like this palace of Eurystice. Um, and we get the King Eurystice, uh, Joseph Fiennes. And then, like, these kids were up to like, father, and he's got his... And I was like, he has a kid and a wife? Like, what? You see, this is a very different Hercules three years earlier. And he says, you know, I only want to be a husband and a father. And... Um, and then you get like this flash of his kids and blood, and then that's it. And you know they they unravel that quite quickly. Sorry, quite slowly across the film. It's very much, yeah, but yeah, sorry. they, they yeah, make on. it clear early on that you know, something happened, something bad happened. So he's he's a, he's a broken man in a way. He has a tragic backstory. Yeah, and um, yeah, and all of, all of that stuff. You know that, that that stuff is totally fine. And I actually think you know Dwayne Johnson. I think he looks really good with hair and beard. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it it definitely gives him a different look. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good to look for him. He's just towering over people; like he looks huge in this, and he fits. And, and I think he fits also. I, I think he fits like this, the, the tone of this movie and this like, uh, uh, you know, ma, uh, what is it, like like this uh, this type of a character, like with with this type of clothing and all of that. I think he, he fits it really well. He he pulls that look off. And you know he's he he's he's charismatic. You know he's he he commands the screen. It's 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 wonderful. Like he, I think I think he does it well. Of course, like in the action scenes, he shines. And that's another thing I have to mention. Like for a PG thirteen, this is insanely violent. Is it PG thirteen? You know, I was going to mention this because there's like there's lots of injuries, but like there's no spurting blood. It's very much, but it does feel like they are giving you like a decent look at it. But it does. It does feel a little bit Disney-fied in that way, you know, when they make something, they're a bit like, "Oh, we don't really want to show," like that, uh, bit, especially the bit where they 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 press that button and, and all these like blades come out the side of the chariot and they ride along, and it's like, yeah, you would have got a scene more akin to the beginning of Ghost Ship 
if that would have happened. Oh God! Uh, and then it just kind of shows people with like big slashes on the legs, and you're like, yeah, they've, they've pared this back a little bit. But I don't mind that because, really, I mean, the, uh, this feels like a film that you could kind of throw on, like for 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 people who are younger, you know, like like younger kids, you know, like yeah, you know, they would have like it's it's a surprisingly family film in a way. Like there's like there's no sex in it. There's like no nudity in it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if someone had told me it was, if someone had told me it's part Disney, I'd have been, I wouldn't have been surprised. It's not, but just saying. But I think it's still, I think it's really violent. I don't know what. Maybe you see like some some kind of like edited version. I don't know. Well, but, um... I, I saw, well, I saw the. I watched it on Amazon. I rented it from Amazon. Uh, funnily mm. enough, not Amazonian. Amazon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, but I know the DVD is an extended cut. Do, do you have a DVD or like or a? Blu-ray I, I, I do, I do, but but the extent cut only like really like um has like a few more like emphasis. There's a bit more blood actually in the extended cut, but also in the just in the regular DVD version I, I watch like it's it's still like insanely violent. You have like like slaughtered people. You have like uh, severed heads on spikes and uh, in close up and all of that. Like it, he rips wolves in half. You know it's I, I oh think yeah, it's... there's a fair bit of jaw breakage, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this this movie hates Jaws, and uh, it's it's one like I, I think like it's, it's it's surprisingly brutal for for this kind of rating and yeah one and, one of the writers clearly has an issue with his dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what what really sells the action scenes I think is like also like like the sound design like it's it's very beefy. I think it's uh, but it's squelchy, you know, isn't it? It's squelchy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds so good, and I think the action scenes are really well done in this. Like it, it really feels like people are getting stabbed smashed shot like with the screams and all of it i think it, it, it's shot very well you can tell what's going on the choreography is good like everything it's it's very it, it's not like too flashy but i think it's really really visceral in a good way and i f- think it's so so well like really well done action scenes the second unit director of this was uh, alexander witt who is like one of the best in the business he did like the second unit for the last few Avengers movies and for the last few James Bond movies, like he he has done a lot of stuff. Yeah, you do feel like there's. I mean, I, I, to be fair, I didn't even look at the director. But is it Brett Ratner? Who? I mean, what's he done? I don't, I recognize the name. But I don't know what he's done. He has done. He's done a lot. Now his, his, his career has kind of come to a halt because of some you know issues uh, ah, which which yeah. we won't get into on this podcast. Yeah. But um, he he has been around a lot. He's kind of like this uh, a journeyman director. He's done the Rush Hour movies. Um, he has done Red Dragon, um, also with Ray Fiennes, funnily enough. Um, oh, excellent! Last Stand, Tower Heist. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. Right. Exactly. So so he's 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 done a, he's done a lot of things and uh, a lot of people scoff on him, like mainly because of X Men Three, even though it wasn't his fault. But was the situation of we have this movie packed and ready and we need someone to direct it. Please, can you step in? So, you know, what, what are you going to do? And, but I think, I think he has done, I, I think for, for what he's done, like he, when you watch like behind the scenes and all of that, like he, he clearly knows or knew uh, what, what he was doing. Like he, he pays a lot of attention to like, to like the action. I think he handles uh, acting scenes. Well, like a lot of people consider Red Dragon to be his best movie. Um, I think um, I, I think he's done some. He done he's done Family Man with Nicolas Cage, which is which is kind of like a fun movie. And uh, also, what he's really good at is picking composers. Like he has he really has a knack for good composers for his films. Like he's worked with um, uh, Danny Elfman, 
Um, he's he's worked with uh, Lalo Schifrin, of course. Like and in this one, he picked uh, Fernando Velasquez, who's a Spanish composer, and he this was like the first big blockbuster he had ever done, and then he does a really good job with that one. Oh, I'll tell you what film he does that Fernando uh, Velasquez because uh, I've not seen it, it, his name much. He did The Impossible. Did you ever see The Impossible? Uh, no, but I know which one of it oh, is. Oh, you want to watch that? It's great. That is that is an underrated film. That really really good. I think he also did a monster calls and um he did he he he's done several things. The orphanage, which I've not seen that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's done several uh stuff for um uh for 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 that for that director. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, Brad Redner basically like with this journeyman studio director guy who is who is kind of like the hey we need we need a director for this project come in and uh, and help us with this you know where it's it's basically like a lot of different projects where you can't really tell like a directorial stamp. But, yeah, yeah. But you know so, something that's always at least you know solid and sufficient. And this yeah. one is no exception. This one, this is one of the few movies where actually he he produced it as well. So I guess he had a lot more influence on this one. And you know, you can tell that like his emphasis is like hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this look pretty. I'm gonna make this look epic and sound yeah. epic. And the action scenes are handled really well. And uh, you know the storytelling is basic but sufficient. Like nothing nothing this film does is like exceptionally different. But everything it does is is very solid at the very least yeah no that's yeah i i agree completely with that to be honest uh i mean the late john her i mean what a voice to be fair oh uh, as lord as lord Cortis. Uh, and he basically says oh this rhesus um command centaurs he's a sorcerer who could be killed by a god and i've got a say for the film because you know there's a couple of moments where i thought oh this you know what i i appreciate that you know it was the part when we first see the centaurs. When, well, like, well, well, it's not the first time, but we see them with Hercules and the army turn up, and they are centaurs. And then the sun moves and hits them, and the like the shot moves, and you see actually no, they're not, they're not hot, they're not centaurs, half horse, half man. They are men on horseback. But apparently, in ancient Greece and this part of the world at this time, it was uncommon to see men on horseback. So. It, it makes sense. You could argue that uh, somebody oh. seeing that might think that's why that because it wasn't a common sight. So it was. So I, I, I like that when I read that bit of trivia. Oh, oh that's that interesting. Makes, I, like I didn't that. know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because because I was wondering why they always uh, like uh, even all all of the all of the, uh, the mercenary group they drive around in chariots. And I was kind of like, why aren't you riding? And now this actually makes a lot of sense because yeah, other than the the the, the, the like the the bad army on horseback you, you don't see any other people on horseback actually yeah. and i didn't notice yeah. that yeah there you go and so, also uh, what, uh, what is also like when they do like this trick where they look like centaurs and where the camera moves also what you can see is like the um the horses have kind of like this neck armor on which kind of like holds their heads in in a place so they don't move around as much and and kind of like makes them look a, a bit more bulky. And I think also like the people were kind of like standing up in their in their saddles a little bit yeah. to to make them look differently. And uh, yeah, that that stuff is really really clever. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. And then, but they really sucker, they really sucker Hercules in by saying, "Oh, this Rhesus command centaurs. He's a sorcerer who can only be killed by a god." Wink, wink. No, no, do you know what I mean? Know what I mean? Uh, come <laughs> on, um, and then. Um, Hercules meets um, Rebecca, uh, the, the princess's son, 
And he was like, oh, was... and then again, this is where you start to wonder what's going like with his family. You know, something bad's happened because he doesn't talk about them. They're not there. He's clearly very different to how he used to be, even in the brief glimpse that we got of him three years ago. And he says to the, he gives the kid uh, like this, this mythical lion's tooth that he ripped its jaw off. Um, and he says, I was going to give this to someone else, but I never got the chance but doesn't say anything else about that at all. I think the film moves around, like, settings, but in a good way. Like, it, you don't lose track of it, and it, it tells you where you are, like, Bessie Heartland, Central Thrace. And it shows you, like, the odd map. Well, it, like, the characters look at a map, so you kind of get, you know, you kind of know where you are. In the, I mean, I, given the links with Game of Thrones, I kind of see, <laughs> see kind of similarities in that you kind of get just about where you are, what's going on. Um, and then, you know, there's questions about whether, he, you know, he, he gets wounded and so is he mortal or not? Is he really the son of God? And we find out, which I really like this aspect, that we find out that the princess, uh, because a lot of the physicians, which is what they would call doctors, uh, because they, um, because at this time they, they lost a lot of them, like in, in the battles and things. Yeah, um, there were a lot of fugitives which, in, the, yeah. in the city. Uh, th- which, again, is a hint to, to kind of the real thing. You think, oh, okay, so... She's like taught herself to be a healer, but you kind of understand, like you're like, oh, how have all the physicians died if, if they haven't engaged this guy yet? It's like oh, because it turns out that the king, King Cortes, he's the aggressor. He poisoned her husband, um, and then you got obviously the, oh, what's his name? The main, the guy who's meant to be the villain, um, a Rhesus, a Re- Rhesus, yeah. I, I kept thinking of the blood type, but Re- Rhesus basically he, um. He actually turns out he's not. It was a civil war, and he's not the aggressor, which then makes sense because they turn up to try and help this next tribe, and you think they're going to help them against this Rhesus, but they're not. Really, they're attacking them, which is why they respond. But their excuse is, oh, he can bewitch people, and and it's like, right. But when you look back, it makes a lot more sense that actually this King Cortus is the aggressor. Um, Hercules just won't talk about his children because he has this... That scene where she's talking to him about being a physician or learning healing, and he um, he won't answer a question and just kind of thanks her. She gives him a drink, which is kind of uh, some kind of sedative, and and she's like, "Oh, be careful of the side effects." And he gets he gets those. He gets another vision of uh, Cerberus, three headed dog, the Hound of mm. Hades. He sees his children like in the middle of this, and his wife in the middle of this like, corpse pit, um, which presumably is from the preceding battle. Yeah. And then they keep mentioning, well, Ian McShane keeps mentioning, you know, your labours remain unfinished. Um, and then the question around again whether he killed it, whether he killed his family. Um and then, and then I like the bit, you know, where Pete they start to kind of question Hercules. Uh there's the bit where his nephew's given this like starts talking about like, oh, the the shield was forged from this and that was forged from that, and you're like, Oh, give it a rest. And then you get Peter Milan, who's like, "You sure it wasn't your harsh shit that frightened Gary onto death?" Which <laughs> I quite like. Like, get in there. It's uh, so funny, like like the storytelling character. It's really funny, and how he how he like oversells uh, the Hercules stuff. And there's even one point when in, in the second battle, where kind of like the, the, the Amazonian fires arrows, and he's like, "Look at her arrows, like led by uh, Artemis herself." And the John Hurt is like, "Quiet boy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that. Well, because at the, at the start, I was thinking, oh, God, this guy's going to get on my nerves. Um, 
uh, uh, Reese Ritchie is as Iolus, uh, uh, the storyteller. He was in 10,000 BC, which I haven't seen yet, but my brother absolutely loves. Uh, and he was also in Prince per- Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. There's another one we forgot. That's the Jake Gyllenhaal one, isn't it? Oh, I've seen yeah, that yeah. Like, a long time. I remember quite liking it, but I've forgotten everything about it. Um, yeah, he was in White Heat, the British television drama. Uh, he's been in a few things, but I, at first I was thinking this guy's going to get right on my tits. Like, he's really going to annoy me uh, because he was—he just was just that like a little bit irritated at the start. I thought, oh god, I hope someone kills him quick. But actually, you know, it grew on me to be honest. Mm. And I like the fact they kind of called out his like shit a, a few times, which was quite which was quite funny. Um, we get to Mount Asticus on the Theresian border, and I, I like that look of it. Like you know, there's this. This is where they meet the centaurs. Uh, John Hurt tells him to shut up. Uh, and yeah, some CGI is used during the well, quite a bit of CGI is used throughout. But I think I understand why it was used because you see that like they're not using it excessively; they're using it to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, also a lot like of... for 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 big establishing yeah. shots mostly. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like when it's actually like them them on the battlefield. There's a lot of stunt work, a lot of, like you can see, tell like many people hitting each other. Um, a lot, a lot of practical stuff going on there, and and I think I think that that, that stuff is uh, really cool. Yeah, no, I I agree, and that's that's what I mean. That's I don't mind CGI being used when they're using it for a purpose of like we're blending, you know this. You know, obviously we can't take them here, and we can't have this big mountain, so we'll have the mountain, but we'll have establishing shots. But we've also got a lot of real people and real fighting, so. It's that trade-off, isn't it? That I think the film does quite well because I think sometimes it would have, it would have been very, very easy, like almost inevitable, really, that this film just became a CGI fest. Um, but it doesn't, and I, I appreciate that. I do. Um, they finally uh, stand up to Rhesus. This is about an hour in. Uh, they have his army on the run, and then like, to kill a snake, they you have to cut off his head. So he charges at them. He gets taken prisoner. And um, again, we get this this running like joke where Ian McShane thinks his character is going to die because he's like foreseen his death, and he's like, uh, maybe today. And they're fighting, and then he stands there as all these flaming arrows like rain down on him. And he stands and he puts his arms out, and he gets he not a single one hits him. And he's like, oh, maybe not. Uh, yeah. Every character. A... In... Sorry, sorry, Lasser. Did... My but... question: Did every character in this, apart from Dwayne Johnson, speaks like British English? He speaks American English. Everybody else speaks British English pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I wondered if you'd noticed. Or, I, mean... I mean, Rebecca Ferguson also is not British, but he always she always sounds like she's British. So, that, um, but, but, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, also, because, you know, like when you have, like, this, this Hollywood movie taking place in Greece, you kind of have to settle on what are you going to sound like. And... Um, you know, yeah. you, you you could do like a comedic Greek accent, like like with uh, Russell Crowe in uh, with the four four movie, but you know that wouldn't be the right choice. So let let's just pretend that this is this is how they sound in this version. But yeah, yeah. And that could mean also because like Hercules is just you know so different from each uh, from the other ones, like who is like kind of like this larger than life character. Yeah. So maybe that's the excuse. Yeah, maybe. I was just looking because I, I was like, I'm sure Rebecca Ferguson. Like, I knew she was, like, I thought she was English, but uh, but yeah, she's Swedish, but her mother is English. So that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. That, yeah. So, uh, yeah. 
I don't know that, but yeah, yeah, she she's she's been in a lot of stuff, and well, always for longest time I thought she was British because she's in some quintessential British yeah. things as well. Uh, Rebecca, for, so she was born in Stockholm um, and grew up there, but apparently her mother moved from Britain to Sweden when she was twenty five. So that makes a lot of sense because obviously you you pick up um, yes you pick up how your parents talk. Uh, well, I, well, well, either or, well, a little bit of both, I think. Um, but yeah, no, that that's uh, where were we on the old plots? Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, you, you you kind of screwed over like the first battle in a way because oh, um, sorry, <laughs> that is that is like like the, the crux is you have to train this army for me, and oh, yeah. uh, he he doesn't have enough time at first, and then he he takes a little bit more time, and then he makes them like these these, these killing machines basically, and it gives them like this this armor who they uh, supposedly you know it's indestructible and all of that, and uh, that that is that is one of the main plot points for a while, and I like all of the training stuff, like even like when you have like this uh, this uh, thing where like Ian McShane trains them, and he like they move like their spears in a way, which kind of like is this an Army of Darkness reference? Kind of feels like it. We're making like with our staffs, we go like who, huh, huh, and it's it, it's exactly <laughs> like how Bruce Campbell trains them in yeah. Army of Darkness. Um, yeah, and then we get we get the storyteller off behind a tent with his knife, and then you get Peter Mike. Be careful, you don't cut yourself, boy. Um, yeah, that's one of so, the arts. Yeah. He wants to be a warrior, wants to be a fighter, and at the yeah. end, he kills he kills someone. So so he grows as a man in a way. Um, well, he kills it. He kills him, doesn't he? he kills. Yeah, uh, he actually Malansky, kills him. Yeah. yeah, so um, nice, nice foreshadowing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this Rhesus basically says to, you know, Hercules, you've been fighting on the wrong side. You've helped the tyrant and slave a nation. And he's like, I, I just stopped you burning villages. He's like, I burnt no villages. And then you realize actually he's, he confronts the princess. Uh, sorry, the king's daughter, the, the princess, and says, you, you know, you've lied to me. And she's like, of course I have to protect my son. Like Cortus, King Cortus poisoned her husband, who was the you know the rightful king. Um, and Rhesus fought back. A civil war broke out, and she she knows she's like he's an old man. Uh, he will you know he's gonna die soon, and my son will be king. And and you just know that that's absolute rubbish. Whether Hercules there or not, and he says the same way. It's like yeah, he's gonna kill your son. Like you have no chance. Um, and then, and then this is where you get the whole something tells me we're not going to get paid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did like that that scene between Dwayne Johnson and John Hurt where he's like, oh, he's like, spare me the moral outrage. And he calls him a child killer. Um, and, and then, then there's this bit where he's like, your services are no longer required. And you're like, oh, they're going to get killed. And then he's like, pay them in full. Bring the girl. And I was like, oh, okay. Was not expecting that. But it was kind of, yeah, good to see that for once. Yeah, just take your money and go. Oh yeah, um, and when they, you know, it, it looks like that Hercules, like I can't, I can't go away. I have to help these people. So um, Rufus Sewell leaves. Like he, he's the guy who, like, I, I'm sorry, you're on your own on this. And then they get captured, and then that's that's the whole like basically revelation of like, oh, Joseph Fiennes is there, and he was behind the death of um, Hercules's family, and he he plays such a cunning, slimy bastard in this. Oh, it's, it's the last scene because you don't see him in it much. But that last scene for Joseph Fiennes, just like it's just it's just pure. Like you get uh, so stereotypical British characters or, or English characters in films, you either get an Alan Rickman type character who you know doesn't you know fights with the pen or fights with you know his words rather than you know physically, um, and or you get. On the other hand, you get a kind of this, the slimy kind of, but I, I liked you. It wasn't B. It was him. He bewitched me. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, yeah, come and on, then man, he, gets, 
he gets stabbed through the heart very slowly and he's like oh, oh, oh my life is leaving my body now like it's it's so so nasty <laughs> well yeah but again yeah yeah violence i suppose um um you find, yeah, but just before this, you find out Cortus has teamed up with uh, Aristus, uh, and he had the he had Hercules' family killed with wolves, um, and then, um, but yeah, I mean, then then they have the final kind of the final battle where Hercules kind of is he is it the hero? Do you need to believe you're a hero, or is he really the son of Hercules? Who knows? I I don't think as as he says, it doesn't really matter. It's what you believe, mm. um, and he, you know. Pushes. I, I like John Hurt's death though. Like, oh yes, he's dead with the with the head of um Hera. Of the goddess. Yeah, and that was that was pretty good. And then they obviously all kneel to him, and it's like, yeah, yeah, go Hercules. Um, but yeah, I mean, this film overall, I mean, it's not going to, as I said before, it's not going to change your life, but it's got interesting characters. It keeps your attention, which is normally in feet nowadays. It's well paced. The script's decent. It's funny. Um, and also, it's, a, it's the action is well done. Like it's 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 an it's a straightforward action movie, and the action is really well done. And I think that's the main point these filmmakers should pay attention to. When you make an action movie, let's make the action exciting. Let's make it fun. Let's make it like uh, punchy, and that's what it is. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, because a lot of the time you get like really mediocre stuff in these kind of films, don't you? Where you like, you barely remember. Yeah, yeah, and this one, you know, it has like, you know, it has some memorable music, and the, the, the characters stick with you for a while. You would like to see more of them. Uh, it's 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 all all around like it's it's a it's a big budget B movie basically. Like it, yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't pretend like it's anything else groundbreaking. It's just kind of like, hey, let's get together, make this make this B movie, but make it like like with the best efforts we can muster. And they and they all did a good job. Yeah, but there's a skill in doing something so simple so right it's very easy to get it wrong uh, and like you just said there because i was about to bring it up so we're thinking similar which is good you mentioned about i'd like to see more of them i would if they announced a sequel to this i'd go watch it but they haven't which is a shame but it, it did yeah. reasonably well i don't think it did that earth shattering amount of money you have to do nowadays to I mean, automatically get a sequel but 2014 you had like so many big movies you had godzilla you had um the X-Men Days of Future oh, Past. Oh, that was so disappointing, Godzilla. I'm yeah. so disappointed that. But I <laughs> love X-Men you know, Days of Future Past, so there you go. You had, you, had a, you had a lot of, but, but yeah, you know, you had a lot of big movies. You had Guardians of the Galaxy. You Still had House of Dragon, Dragon 2. So, so, so many, so many big blockbusters. I think this one just kind of got, got a little bit lost in the shovel in a way. It was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, which, which apparently this this knocked off the top spot, so it did it did well. It did better than expected. Yeah, I think it also was basically basically you know on the shoulders of Dwayne Johnson's popularity that was kind of like uh, at, at the height in a way. And um, well, I'd like to think a bit of word of mouth might have helped it a little bit because if I'd have seen this back then, I'd have gone, oh yeah, this is decent. This it's well worth a watch, you know. Yeah, maybe in that way the trailer, the misleading trailers, maybe were like a mistake because people were like, oh okay, this is like. Him battling CGI monsters, whatever, doesn't look really interesting. I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, well, that's what I mean because I thought this was just like generic. I didn't realize it was it was like this. I I, I saw it and thought, oh, it's going to be the same as like 
does Titans films which I haven't seen but I've heard awful things. Yeah, it's it's the Titans films are in a way like they they visually they are similar but they're different in a way because both they lean heavily into the actually Greek mythology aspect, like big budget Hollywood version of Greek mythology. So you have a lot of monsters, you have a lot of like um a big scenes and you have the gods where also finally um Ray finds as the main villain in that one. So you have, you have two finds this, um, in, in these uh, different movies. So um, that one is, um, I, I like I like the first Clash of the Titans, actually. I think I think it's fun also like in this kind of like LARPer, Dungeons and Dragons kind of way, but where the, the characters aren't as strong as in this one. But overall, you know, it's also it's also well directed. It's got uh, some good music and uh, also good good action scenes. Uh, but but what it lacks is, is, is character a little bit. So uh, make of that what you will. Maybe that, is, that will be uh, stuff for a future discussion. But I like that first um, Clash of the Titans. That also has a, a interesting director behind it, Louis Leterrier, who did like the first two Transporter movies. And later on, he did um, the, um, the Dark Crystal TV series. Yeah. So also like a kind of like a journeyman director who has been around a lot. Um, but yeah, this one, this one, you know, it's, it's just a, a standard, very, very solid action film. And uh, I, I think it, it does that stuff really, really well. Like I really love the battle scenes in this. I love the action. I love the, uh, I think the music is really good. And, and the characters are fun enough that you like, that you would like to stick around with them for a little bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, it's a good film. I enjoyed it. It's uh, it, it knows what it is and it, it does it well. And you could go far, far wrong. No. Yeah, I mean, in the you same year. Far, year, far worse. Yeah, you could do far in, worse. In the, in the same year, you had a much worse Hercules movie, actually. So that's that, that certainly. And also because that one came out first, maybe that tainted it a little bit. Where, where people were kind of like, oh, no, another Hercules. Is it as bad as the last one? Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to take my chances. Yeah, po- uh, uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, I, like I said, I watched a lot of films at the cinema that year. And I didn't watch this one. I watched Days of Future Past. I remember. I watched, yeah, I watched so uh, many movies. I, yeah, but I just didn't watch this one. Yeah, 2014. Oh my God, it was also uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, so, so a lot of a lot of big stuff. But maybe it just got lost. Maybe it just got lost in there. I think so. Yeah. I think so because it it certainly didn't didn't look that appealing to me yeah. if i had known that oh this is kind of like a this this, this larper dungeons and dragons type thing I, I i certainly would have would have watched it because also like that wasn't at the point where i was kind of like a big fan of a rock where it was kind of like this yeah i know who he is and that i've seen yeah. films with him but i'm not seeking out movies just because he's in them no i'm the same yeah i mean i mean we've pretty much reviewed the film but i think it might be interesting just to to delve into this for for about five minutes maybe about I don't know about you, but for me, I think my guess with this film is because it came out in a year that had so many other films that, that were interesting, you might want to go watch. For me, I don't know about you. I don't know how expensive you know cinema is in Germany, but it's not particularly cheap here. Um, I will make a choice. So for me, if there's like a couple of films that I fancy, I'll hedge my bets and be like, right, well, I'll work because I'm a DVD man, people know, um, or at least, you know, watch it online. But so I will make a choice. So if two films come out and I fancy watching them both, I will hedge my bets and go, do you know what? What do I think is going to be better to see on the big screen? 
they say, oh, this is out, or that's out. Like Oppenheimer yeah. is out, or Barbie's out. It's like, well, I might watch Barbie one day for fun if somebody asked me to do it for the podcast, but I'm not going to go pay money to watch it on the big screen. It's too expensive, but I want to watch Oppenheimer on the big screen because that's I, how I, it's meant to be. Does yes. that make? I know it's a, I know it's quite a, a big choice, but that's kind of what I do. No, that's how I am now. Like back in 2014, I basically was at the cinema like every other week. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Because I had because I had a lot of time and a little bit more uh, of money uh, at my uh, ex- exposal, so um, I, I I certainly could afford it. And that was uh, out during a time where I was just watching basically everything. And in fa- this one, like I uh, I remember that I actually heard like a, I watched like a fairly good review of it, like by by people who I uh, whose opinion I usually trust trusted. But but at that point, I think it. I just still wasn't. I was like, yeah, I've got to catch it on DVD, and then I did, and I was really happy that I did. Um, but yeah, the, the, back then, like, I was preoccupied with, oh, I want to watch, like, you know, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and uh, the, the the Godzilla movie, and it was also like the time of X Men. I even watched A Million Ways to Die in the West in the cinema during that time, <laughs> just because I was morbidly curious. But yeah, this, um, yeah, kind of, you know. Kind of a shame, but hey, you know, now I have it on Blu-ray and it's mine, and I can watch it whenever I want. So, suck on that. I, I will. I will not. Uh, Lasso, <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Uh, uh, do you have any more points before we start? To, uh, do you have any more points that I missed out, or anything else you'd like to say about the film? I think we've pretty much covered it. Like, but if you've got any other notes you missed, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, no, no, not really. Like, I, I would say, like, if you don't, you know, if, if you don't let yourself stop from, you know, what the, the career of Brian Singer kind of has become now. No, no not Brian Singer, sorry, Brad Redner. But hey, you can kind of lump them together because both of them have been kind of, you know, Brad Redner's career, I guess, I guess has come to a halt now. But regardless, if you if you still want to, you know, watch watch something that's that's well made and not not like uh, incredibly sleazy or whatever. I, I would say watch this, and I hope you have a I hope you have a good time with it because it's it's got really good action and a really 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 solid score and and a good good cast, and yeah if if you don't if 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 you don't get bothered by the person who made it that's all I'm gonna say about it. But yeah, um, and if you want to watch something similar at least in part, I would say watch the first Clash of the Titans with Sam Worthington. I think that one is also a pretty solid one, and. Um, also, when you when you watch uh, when you watch watch also something that has kind of like you know visceral battle sequences and a cast of characters which doesn't get utilized that well, but it's still it, it it's still well made with like a solid script. I would say watch for 2004 King Arthur with Clive Owen, directed by Anton Fuqua, because that one also has really good fight scenes. I've actually got is, the I've got the DVD of that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I, I would I would say watch the director's cut of that one because it's as uh, much it's much more brutal. Uh, it, it's it's better paced. Um, it 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 it's it, it's a that one that one's a really fine film when you when you want to see like a this monumental type movie, and um, it also has a good Hans Zimmer score. Uh, that, that that is certainly something you can seek out when you watch something similar. And you know, if this this one doesn't really have like that, the, the, the typical like Dwayne Johnson humorous performance he usually has. He is he is much more serious. He has like one one kind of like um, funny line where he's kind of like going like fucking centaurs. But that's basically like the only moment. And uh, in in the rest of the movie, he's basically like pretty affable or very serious. And um, 
if if you watch and if you want to watch something where it, it utilizes his um his uh, like um humorous abilities way more i would say like watch the um the, the jumanji films he was in uh that one they make great use uh, of him and that and also like of the, of the whole cast basically of their abilities i think those movies are really fun um but yeah as far as like companion pieces go if if you don't want to watch this one uh, i would say uh, go seek out, out those but if you're in the mood for something uh straightforward and well made and just you know kind of fun uh go watch this yeah couldn't put it about myself Oh, thank you, Lasso. It's it's been a, a pleasure as always, and to and uh, nice to uh, link back up again. It's it's been a while, um, but yeah. Um, would you like to tell everybody uh, where they can find you and your and your podcasts and things? Oh, certainly. Um, my own podcast, Fans About Films, you can basically find anywhere on iTunes, on Spotify, uh, anywhere good and better podcasts can be heard, and. Uh, uh, I'm on the Telestammtisch, which, which is a German podcast, and I'm 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 a guest here and there on other things. So uh, check out all of those uh, great, wonderful things. And I also have a German soundtrack blog where I write about stuff. And on Facebook and Twitter, you could find me on uh, at Lasse Vogt. So yeah, go check it out. Some stuff is coming. And also, um, if you if you want to see a recent project of mine, go uh, and visit my. Uh, YouTube channel that Deppert, where I recently uploaded a video, like an edit to a podcast, I really enjoy, and I hope you have fun with that. Yep, I'll definitely check that out. But no, thank you once again for coming on. Uh, it's always always a good laugh talking to yourself, um, and the audience of Review it Yourself have clearly enjoyed our episodes because they're all in the top ten. So there you go. Um, nice. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's it's also good fun talking to you. We always um, we might not always agree. But that's that's what I like. Uh, no, not that I like, not that I like dislike. No, not that I like disagreeing with people. But I think sometimes it's interesting when you've got two people with different uh, opinions. Sometimes, but yes. they will. Uh, they'll, you'll just accept the dislike, the opinion. But like, yeah, I see why you see that. I don't. But because I think too often, not too often. That might be a bit harsh. But I think sometimes I listen to the odd podcast where sometimes i get the feeling people are just like oh oh yeah well i see what you mean and i'm like no like stick with what you think don't like don't be worried because the other person doesn't like it you have to then be like oh well yeah i suppose no stick stick to your guns stick to um what what you think and have a good discussion around that because you know yeah not that we disagreed on this one because to be fair your last few picks have been spot on so i can't argue with that in that respect okay Um, give it time we'll have one that falls down (laughs) 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 <laughs> no but thank you uh thanks for coming on and giving up your time i do appreciate it and especially uh early on in the morning as well um and thank you to you for listening uh whoever you are wherever you are i don't know whether you listen to the podcast in the car like i do i don't listen to my own podcast in the car sorry i listen to other podcasts in the car uh because I, I just like listening to them when i'm driving uh, but wherever you wherever you listen to this i thank you very much you listen to review it yourself the podcast with the sigh no politics, no pandering, <laughs> absolutely no point. Uh, thanks for listening. We've got absolutely all sorts coming up. Um, this will probably come out in the run-up to Christmas, so we're going to have Defend It December, which should be good fun, um, where basically I'm going to go through some horrendous Christmas films. So come back for that. Um, but no, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, thanks to you, Lassa. Thank you very much. No problem. Always great to be here. Bye-bye. Bye. Get it in. Get it on and enjoy the flog. Welcome to Film Vloggers. Oh, harder, Daddy. <laughs>
the only film review podcast, thankfully, that poses the question, does watching this film feel like flogging a dead horse? There he is beating that dead horse! Introducing your hosts. First up, her Irish potty mouth turns the air a whole new shade of blue. It's Fiona. Say hello, Fiona. And why the f*** is Dan Mackers doing our intro? I want me gold! That's great. It's great. She's adorable. And your second host needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend. Like, I said I'd do this. I said I'd do this for you. I'm not reading this. It's the guy who waffles too much. It's Ben. Cooey! I'm making waffles. So what are you waiting for? Grab your whip, mount your dead horse, and let's get on with the flog, shall we? 